1: Podcast where I, your host, try to give you some tips on how you can explain all this weird, wild, crazy conspiracy stuff to the people you love most. Because that's what I've been trying to do for the past ten years with no success. I've been telling everybody that I give them energy, but never been a As you awake from sleep and walk through your bedroom door, you realize on the other side, you found yourself in unfamiliar territory, a long, endless hallway. As you enter another room, you find yourself not alone. There are others and they are equally unacquainted with you. Shocked awake, a sense of relief washes over you as you see how it was only a dream. Or was it, there's a long black shadow on your wall At your bedside, standing a being that oozes fright. You've awoken from a dream but submerged into a nightmare. This unsettling feeling is all too familiar for today's guest, Amber O'Dell, who joins us to talk about her brush with the darkness. I'm Mystic Mark, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast with Amber O'Dell.
2: This whole situation where sleep paralysis type thing out of body experience type thing getting sucked out of the house type and then getting shot back in and then all this happens you know like it it felt like a minute but then as soon as I was shot back into my body I rose right up out of bed, and I'm yanking you know, on my husband. I'm like, oh, my God, they were just here. And I look at the time, and it's it's only a minute, so I know. And he's freaking out because I just got him all riled up. And he's walking around. He doesn't know what I'm talking about. He thinks maybe somebody is, like, a person's in the house. <laughs> so he gets up, and I've been telling him. I'm like, no, no, they were flying around like Peter Pan. It's not like a person. And he goes, he's, you know, he's your typical strong man. He goes and gets his gun.
1: Amber, thank you for joining me here on the My Family Thinks Some Crazy podcast. For folks who may not have heard of your show before or you, please, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and, and the podcast that you host?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I just started my podcast. I launched it in August. I tried to do it as close to the full moon, felt that was good vibes to get it rocking and rolling. So I kind of created it just to give me an outlet, a creative outlet. I've always been an artist. I've been a photographer, makeup artist, graphic designer. I like to plan things and create things. I like to create things. So after moving to Texas and then COVID and (laughs) being like, I, you know, a whole new place with very limited friends, I was like, I really need to start getting all this shit out. I've had a lot of experiences and I don't know. I got to find something fun and creative to think and talk about constantly. I need to learn something new every single day. So this was a fun way for me to get that out there and learn something from everybody else, too. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I've learned a lot since starting this show. And I wonder, though. Starting the podcast wasn't even close to the beginning of understanding all this for you. I mean, you, you're sort of a vet at this point, right? You, Your family so. thoroughly <laughs> thinks you're crazy, at least when Absolutely. you, when you bring up certified. certain things. <laughs> certified, all right. And, yes. and you know, you, you, like I said, you've been sort of interested in this sort of world for a long time in a curious way that most average people are not so welcome to the club we appreciate you but Uh, were there were there any like weird experiences when you're a kid you see ufo a cryptid did you have anything strange happen around the house ghosts that kind of thing like what first sort of woke you up to oh the world is not what school and the government and parents tell me it is
2: Yeah. D, all of the above. (laughs) (laughs) It's just all of it. Yeah. You know, I don't know that I've ever remembered a normal point in my life. I think that just right out the womb, boom, here I am. (laughs) Weird shit's going to happen. So I don't know. I I mean, from my first memories, I have paranormal activity going on. I mean, I can remember my first nightmare as like a four-year-old Still, it's and I don't know where a lot of this information would come from, but it just seemed natural to me, so it wasn't weird for me. It was weird when I would try to describe it to other people, (laughs) and they're like, "I don't know what to do for you." I was like, "Well, okay, I just kind of had to figure it out." So, yeah, you know, I've seen spirits before, and a lot of it is when you're a kid, so it's not as I mean, it's still scary. It's still terrifying, you know, sometimes. But when you're a child, everything is so new that you have different eyes to view it from. So all the things that I was seeing, I got over being afraid of being in the dark really young because that was scary for a while because I always knew that there were things watching me. And so it was like... If I get over the fear of being in the dark first, then I can get over the fear of being watched second, and then I can get over the fear of just, you know, understanding what's happening around me, so.
1: (laughs) And did that work?
2: No, I don't, I don't have anything figured out.
1: (laughs) Well, you you, you sound very brave as a young kid.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think I was thrown to the flame right away. I do remember getting over the fear of being in the dark probably when I was about four, four, maybe five. And cause I think it was just one night. I was just so tired of being afraid of what was standing over me, under me, around me, watching me that I was just exhausted from it. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I mean, I probably didn't say that <laughs> when I was four, but now as an adult, I can know that that's how I felt. And I, you know, it was like whatever, just I'm done being afraid of you. Just come and get me then. Mm. And and then this like relief was just dropped off my shoulders and I was calm about it and I was like, All right, what's here is here, and I'm not gonna be afraid of you anymore. So I lost the fear of it. Mm. And then lots more interesting things started happening. So
1: imaginary friends, bumps in the nights, things Absolutely. like that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. I'm trying to think there was always something through my window as a kid. I know that I would wake up a lot in the, in the middle of the night and, and looking out the, I was just always drawn out the window. I'd just turn around and stare out my window into the sky.
1: And I I don't mean to throw like a screwball question in here, but (laughs) is it, has, has the thought ever come across your mind that the present you, the presence you felt outside the window or at the foot of the bed or watching you? Could it have been your higher self? Could it have been a part of you, a version of you? Have you ever wondered that?
2: Absolutely. So this was something I did not come to grips with until I was in my 30s. Oh, wow. Like it was always, you know, it was a spirit or it was a ghost or it was a demon or an angel or an alien or, you know, it was all these other outside things. And then the older I get, there's not a big difference between all of them. And then when you realize that it's really something that you've planned for yourself by your higher self that I'm just fucking with myself the whole time. <laughs> it's like I I my higher self was like, look, you asked for this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm just playing along. So so yeah, that 30s is when I figured out that this is probably all pieces of me doing this to me. Actually, I went. I I think it was probably about 2016. I went to Iowa and I did a QHHT hypnosis therapy session just because I had found this lady. Oh my gosh, she's adorable. She did Dolores Cannon, or she was taught through the Dolores Cannon teachings. And so I just wanted to dive into some kind of uh, reality where I could process questions to my higher self and I found that she would do this session it was like I was there for six hours and we recorded the whole thing and every time I listened to it I learned new shit from it even though I'm saying the exact same thing every single recording but I tell myself because there were these I called them the watchers but it was in my early 30s maybe that they were just in my room all the time one just predominantly next to my bed. Well, actually you had to, I had to walk past this little four poster bed and it's this tight little corner. And every time it was like, I I felt like I had to slither by it because it was just standing there. And I was like, I know you're there. I can feel you. You know that I know that you are there. Why can't we just talk? Like I'm so over the silent treatment. (laughs) So, but they would never be like, okay, fine. Let's be friends and play. They would just still sit, stand there and watch. So In this hypnosis session, I had the question, I'm like, who are the watchers? You know, they're always watching me. And I gave the specifics. And somehow in my answer, it came back that it was me. And I was like, wait, what? I'm? It's me? And it was a really hard concept. Because I'm like, well, I'm me, right? Like, this is the me. How can that be me too? And so then you have to get multidimensional on it. Because we're multidimensional beings. We're not just one thing. We, we survive and, and exist in lots of layers. This is just one filter that we can see. But yeah, so then I, I was a very accepting of all these crazy things happening to me. I was like, okay, fine. I am doing this to myself. So obviously I wanted this. I want to learn from this. And this is how I can interact with my higher self. Mm. So,
0: yeah.
1: Now- Let me ask another question. Maybe you could add to this or or maybe you just say, no, that doesn't make sense. Do you think it's like time travel where like your higher self or this other part of yourself is like traveling at a faster speed than you are as a human third dimensional being? Like you're slower moving through the time so that the higher self is just kind of like able to see, you know, three, four steps ahead, like, okay, well, you're going to need to do this for the next two steps. Is it sort of like that?
2: I I feel like sometimes it is. I think that time is a real funny thing because, you know, it's not real. It's just how we've decided to view cycles of things. So if you kind of believe along the lines that everything is now, that everything that could have happened is happening or will happen has already happened. And it's a whole. And in the third dimension, we're just seeing it as little slices in a linear progression. It's kind of how, I don't know, everything seems to be linear when people want to talk time in two dimensions, which it's not, it's more like water. It flows in lots of different directions. So time is really just a projection away from you, whether it's, you know, you decide that it's your future or your past. It's how you want to distinguish it. So I feel like, Time travel. Absolutely. I I I tell myself all the time, I need to send messages to my past self or oh, I need to leave this for my future self. All my selves are just kind of they're still attached to me and I can decide how I want them to emotionally understand what I'm doing right now. It's kind of like, how do you change the past if it's already happened is I don't know. Sometimes I think that you have to change how you perceive it. It's It's not actually happening right now. It's perception of how you want to understand it. If you were hurt, you had trauma or some boy broke your heart. If now you've healed, then that past situation is no longer the same than it was before because you perceive it differently. Mm. I just went on a tangent there.
1: No, no, no. (laughs) I'm following. I'm, I'm just like trying to, I guess I'm trying to shoehorn in something I was thinking about last night, which is like, you know, how important... Memories off, because what you just said kind of illustrated like you know how strong emotions can change, right, because everybody can relate or hopefully can relate to being in a relationship, and then unless you're with your high school sweetheart, you know most people can relate to feeling what it's like to lose that first love right and yeah. and it can be can be it'll flip your whole world upside down, but my my question is more like, do you think that memories are fluid enough to be erased like we're talking about time and consciousness being fluid can we not just forget our memories but enter into a timeline where those memories don't exist anymore
2: yeah i think so yeah memories are are, we are so shitty at remembering anything we don't remember most of what happens to us, what is said to us exactly. If I wanted to tell you the first sentence you said to me when we got on to this Zoom, I don't know. And that was just a few minutes ago. <laughs> like our memories can be altered all the time. We can change them. We, I know that just from kind of diving into certain situations that I've had to understand, I will start to remember things more now as I'm older than, when they happened to me and I just didn't have the full capacity for that memory. And I don't know how to explain that <laughs> very well sometimes, but even, even with friends where you have a friend that you used to hang out with and they tell the story and you're like, Holy shit, I forgot a- all about that that was i didn't even remember that ever until you said it it was gone from my memory but i don't know if it's ever really gone i think we're filtered here you know so it's going somewhere it's it's gonna be infinitely existing in the reality of realities it's it's not gone it's just if we remember it or not
1: Mm. well could it be that Maybe some people have the job to go and, like, men in black erase people's memories. I mean, I know you you did that episode on John Lear, the CIA guy. You also did an episode on memories. Did this come up at all in your research?
2: Oh, absolutely. So men in black is kind of a, I don't know. It's one of those things where I'm an experiencer, so I want to have experiences. You know, I, I like to be able to have crazy things happen and then try and figure them out like a little fucking sleuth or something. I don't know. I don't even know if I have anything figured out, (laughs) but I like to have the challenge. And sometimes I'm like, all right, if men in black showed up at my door and we're all weird and shit, I would be like, come on in. I want to sit down and pick your brain. I want to talk to you. I want to like, I don't, I sometimes need to have more fear maybe because I've heard stories where you're like, no, you you should not do that you should not welcome in the men in black but i'll be like eh, I don't know, you would it. let
1: them in the door yeah
2: I mean, you would I'd let them be, in I the would, house if my kids weren't home and my husband was gone because i have a few like
1: wow restrictions brave
2: here so even like skinwalker ranch you know I people that go and have experiences they say that a lot of times that shit follows them home. You know, it's like, it's an attachment and in in the energy field and the energy world, it's not just physically here. It's, you know, it's existing in a lot of places and it'll follow you home. And so I'm like, eh, I mean, I don't want to follow me home. I mean, if I could, I try to put a little protection bubble around my house and my kids and my husband so that I can help out with that kind of stuff. But as long as it's only affecting me, I'm okay to take that chance in that journey I don't want it to affect all the other ones that I love so, mm. yeah,
1: yeah I, I would to come
2: up with rules to be abducted
1: <laughs> yeah I would caution away from that I I don't know I think the men in black will end up getting to you you should definitely even if they're not home close the door yeah. lock it don't let them in <laughs> I
2: know I just want to poke at their face or pull their mask off and be like really well apparently no,
1: they all I'm have here. the same face right like they all look exactly the same so at least yes If you could get a glimpse of them and not get your memory wiped, you would be contributing to human history.
2: Yeah, I've had my memory wiped. It's it's a struggle for sure. Like it's (laughs) so I've had missing time. That I've had to try to figure yeah, and out. Yeah, I think
1: we did talk so. about that on the, a little bit. You told me a little bit about that on. We had a phone call a few weeks ago. Forgive me for not remembering all the details, but uh, we're talking about memory, of course. During
2: my life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but there are some interesting, you know, experiences that you've had, and I was hoping we'd get to that eventually. But we're here, so tell me about the wipe memory. How did that happen? Did it come after a strange experience? I mean. Is the memory completely gone? Have you since like tra- retraced your steps? Or let's, let's get yeah, into Yeah, D
2: all the above. I need to make a shirt that says that. Like
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> there's, yeah, all the things. So I had an experience, which I will, at some point, I'm going to like get it all out. I have this whole, I don't know. It's like opening a wormhole with this one, you know, like once, or Pandora's box. You can't just, once one part of it is out, then it's just this whole web of other things that go along with it but i had an experience where it seemed like it was maybe a minute minute and a half the whole experience but i vividly remember looking at the clock in my bedroom right before it happened and right after it happened and almost an hour had passed and so I knew that something was wrong. I was like, no, this, no, this was in a, a minute of my life. So I was out of what our normal time space would be is all I can think of. I have I have a lot of theories. It goes in so many directions. I've relived it a million times. I've tried to reconstruct it from different points of view. I've tried to get outside of myself. I've actually tried to get outside of the outside, So that way I'm like triple up trying to figure out all the angles to this story. And every single time I learn something new, it's so crazy. I don't, I know I'm being so vague.
1: (laughs) You're being vague. That's all right. So let's trace it back to like an event. Can you hit us with like a day, like what you were doing? Because all I can latch on to is there was an hour and you lost it and now you have all these thoughts about that
2: yeah okay so i'll give the short version because long version is so long so hanging out at my house normal day and it's right before bed i remember putting dogs into their crates at night and getting to bed and going to sleep. And then I kind of woke up in the middle of the night because I could hear this weird noise outside. And I'm listening for a while. And then I realized my husband's awake too because he rolls over and he's like, do you hear that? And I'm like, yeah, I don't. What the fuck is that? And he gets up and he opens the door and it's our dogs just crying and whining outside of our door in the backyard. But I go, well, I put the dogs in their crates before we went to bed. And he laughs because he knows that I'm ridiculous. And he goes, well, maybe the aliens abducted them and left them outside. And I was like, fuck, yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> so he puts the dogs to bed and he comes in and he lays down. And I look over at the clock and get ready to start fading asleep. And, and then I can hear that the sliding glass door to our bedroom opens again. I'm thinking my husband's getting back up to do something. I'm like, well, what the hell is he doing? And I roll over. And it's not my husband. It's like these little beans that came into the room. And it was this whole situation where sleep paralysis type thing, out of body experience type thing, getting sucked out of the house type, and then getting shot back in. And then all this happens, you know, like it it felt like a minute. But then as soon as I was shot back into my body, I rose right up out of bed and I'm yanking on my husband. I'm like, oh, my God, they were just here. And I look at the time and it's it's only a minute. So I know. And he's freaking out because I just got him all riled up and he's walking around. He doesn't know what I'm talking about. He thinks maybe somebody is like a person's in the house. <laughs> so he gets up and I've am telling him I'm like, no, no, they're flying around like Peter Pan. It's not like a person. And he goes, he's you know, he's here typical strong man he goes and gets his gun and he's like sweeping the house I'm like babe it's not a person (laughs) but he could tell that I was serious and that something was wrong and he couldn't go back to sleep so he stayed out in the living room with his gun all night, and I was like, "You wow. clearly
1: re- freaked him out." Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's I not, did. he didn't take it lightly. It sounds no,
2: he does. If I'm serious, he knows when I'm serious about these things. Like he thinks I'm crazy for sure. I mean, he's thought right out the gates with me. He he thinks a lot of it's just like whatever, but. He knows there's a truth to it because he's witnessed so many things with me. So if I tell him I'm serious, then he'll take me seriously. Well, if yeah. I'm just like, you know.
1: <laughs> I think I think he, he might be even more of a believer than you know. And he's just trying to keep it under wraps not to egg you on. <laughs>
2: oh, he's keeping me grounded or I would be yeah. floating out of space. <laughs> For sure.
1: Sounds like a good balance. Wow. so. Yes. These yeah. beings, you said they were floating like Peter Pan. Do you remember any other characteristics about them? Descriptive terms, like they look, their look, their eyes, their color, yeah, size? Yeah.
2: There was two of them, but I only saw one of them. So somehow I knew there was two. One of them seemed to be standing guard at the door or just at the door. And the other one was the one that entered in. And it, it looked like... At first, I thought they were wearing masks because I didn't understand what I was looking at. It looked like, and I've tried to duplicate the drawings of it. And every time I'm like, that's not, they've put some kind of, I don't know, some kind of filter or lens on it so that I can't see exactly what's going on. Because every time I would stare at them, they would start to vibrate to the point where it was like, well, I'd have to like re uh focus to try to be able to see what it was that they looked like and it was just super white faces very predominant brows it to me it looked like a chinese dragon at first and i know that's that's what i was seeing in my mind's eye and they were trying to show me something different with my real eyes mm. and so but yeah they they were teeny tiny there's maybe like when I'm laying in bed and then I tried to measure (laughs) after this fact of how big they would have had to have been to be floating around me I don't know maybe like three three feet but I never saw anything below the waist it was like they were poking through this black smoke this black wind that was swirling around them so it was cutting off all visuals from below so they were coming through something which makes yeah it's there's just so many layers to it. And every time I would look at it from a different view, I'm like, well, what about this? And what about this? And how long did this take? Yeah. And so I've come up with so many different theories. Well,
1: and I'm going to ask you a few questions that we can cut out just to keep your privacy and all that. I, you don't have to tell the whole world where you live, but do you live in a particular... Like, could, Do you mind telling me where you live? Because I'm curious. Maybe there's some kind of like parallel, like line or ley line or conjunction with some kind of sacred sites. I just want to like start Google searching. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So
2: where I used to live was in Kansas. I lived in Topeka, Kansas, and we used to own the sunflower house, which was built for the bicentennial. So it was built in the shape of a sunflower. And so when you used to be able to view it from Google maps, the house was the sunflower. The walkway looked like the stem. There was these little ponds that looked like leaves and then the garage looked like a pot. And so it was a really unique home home. And this and we used to call the house the spaceship. We even wrote it on the walls in the basement because how you would turn the lights on around the house, it was circular. And when the lights would come on at night, it would look like a spaceship. (laughs) And but I don't know that there's a particular specific location for ley lines for these kinds of things with me only because when I was a kid, I used to think that something was following me around everywhere and then I just realized that things were happening to me no matter where I was it doesn't matter where I am Mm. I can be anywhere and have an experience so I don't know if maybe some of the stronger experiences are where I like to meditate a lot because I like to open up doorways that way and so I don't know if I'm like just kind of like come on in Mm.
1: (laughs) let's party well you know maybe it's maybe it's just a slight suspicion but i always like to to learn about the uh, the local history of an area especially when i hear something like they looked like they were wearing masks like the descriptions that you're giving it sounds to me like could be aliens could be spirit beings could be even a shamanistic ritual where maybe some some people are are astral projecting we just had a guest on recently that talked about her out-of-body experience where she ended up in someone's home in Chicago and they saw her and thought she was a ghost and chased her out. And, you know, she knew who she was. But, you know, to them, God knows what they saw. They thought they were probably seeing a ghost based on what she thought their reaction was. But, you know, even that, yeah, it's like, I wonder maybe, you know... These beings that you're seeing, and there's another story that's coming to mind. Ryan Musgrave Evans talks about these crypto terrestrials that use technology to do exactly what you just described. There's def- uh,
2: definitely a technology to whatever's happening.
1: Yeah, sure. like, like yeah. You, you said you had your mind's eye, which is obviously tuned to this stuff more than the average person. And it seems like they were sort of battling with you like to, to oh, put that yeah. overlay there so you couldn't yeah. actually see them.
2: So just to add a little to the story, when they entered the room, as soon as I made eye contact with this being was when the paralysis set in. If you've ever had sleep paralysis, it kind of sucks. (laughs) Like it's, I've only had it, the extreme part of it a few different times. The other parts, I just, I'm used to being able to let my body completely go numb and then my mind can go. That's fine. It's when the creatures come in and you're like, I don't know what's happening here. But this sleep paralysis hit me like a wave, and so the uh, to me this feels like a technology. Like, what did they use? What kind of instrument? What kind of energy wave are they producing to hit me with this paralysis? But when they hit me with the paralysis, it and I've I've had out of body experiences. You know, like I've passed out before, and then you have an experience, you come back. But this one was very different. It knocked me out of body. But instead of me, you know, being unaware down here and now I'm up here, I, it split me into two. And so I'm aware from both locations. It's like a bi-location thing. So the me that's still in bed is paralyzed. Like I can't move. I have my eyes fixed in a certain spot, but I can't see this thing anymore. But the me that's out of body can spin around and look at it. And so... <laughs> <laughs> there was just so many layers to it. It even had a suit on. It had a collar coming across its neck. I could tell that it was wearing clothes. It sounded like it was just this, you know, light beard yeah. or something like that.
1: This sounds exactly like what Ryan Musgrave Evan describes when he writes about crypto terrestrials and, and how they're in these sort of suits. And the suits are like camouflage. They basically you know have all these abilities to camouflage but also paralyze and and apparently it's a the what he's discovered or his speculation is is that these are us in the far 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 future traveling back in time to manipulate us genetically for their benefit because they've bred themselves to the point where they cannot sustain their population and now they need genetic material from what would be like to us a neanderthal version of ourselves right they're going so far back that to them they're like well you know they're still driving motor vehicles so they're like you know to them we're like primitive you know (laughs) that's that's his theory
2: bodies for you know healing purposes well yeah i know i think that's totally possible Uh, honestly i don't rule out anything because if it's a, a thought that's a conceived thought can be in anywhere and i don't think you can rule it out. Yeah, i think that we are definitely able well, to travel back from the future at some point.
1: Well, and and i i wanted to get to this question which is on my mind as you're describing this is like do you think that that these beings are using third dimensional technology on us. And that's why with your fourth dimensional capability to astral project, they were kind of like a little baffled, maybe more than if they were just doing a routine run on an average person who's never astral projected and, and would just kind of get, you know, cause I imagine they're not just picking on you. They're doing this to other people as well.
2: I would assume so. I, I have a feeling that it, this reality is not what we think it is. There are so many different things going on that we just have. We really are very, very, I don't know what the correct way to put it is. We just do not have an understanding of what this reality is. We're so filtered here that we have to create what you know we want of it. But all the stuff in the background, you know, like if with the simulation theory or, you know, afterlives or before lives, I feel like that's one thing people miss all the time. Everyone's so concerned about where they're going to go after they die. And I'm like, well, where did you come from before you came here? And they're like, well, I don't know. And I'm like, well, that happened too. Like you didn't just, you're not just going <laughs> in this direction. You came from somewhere too. Mm. So I would argue I, that
1: that's more important than knowing where you're going to go next is like, Why am I here now? (laughs) Yes.
2: If you think about where you came from, you have a better understanding of why you're here. And where you're going next is going to be something that you are going to be able to fulfill yourself later. So if you want to know the present, knowing your past is so much more powerful, even though time doesn't exist. Like you have to, you have to be able to structure it some way to be able to speak about it so that it's not just the thoughts banging around in your head. But then even with your thoughts, like your thoughts are, is, do we have original thought, you know, are these our thoughts or are these also projections that are coming in? Because they've done research to figure out that we are actually not the thinkers of our thoughts we're the receivers of it our consciousness is listening and so where are these thoughts coming from they're coming from somewhere i mean the most important thing to me i don't know i'm i'm such a sucker for love i feel like you should just project love do good things help each other that's where everything comes from for me yeah like me me and my best friend were watching eternals and we had this little thing where I was like, well, what happens when your total understanding of reality is turned upside down? You know, like what, how do you do that? It's so like, for me, what is your undying loyalty? For me, it's that I came from a place of love. I will always think that. I'm firm in that belief. You can't change my mind. I came from a source of love. And then what happens when I'm faced with reality that that's not true? What? What do you do then? You have to shift your paradigm and you have to expand your your understanding of what reality is. I like to do that to myself. I like to feel what I'm firm in and then challenge it to see where it goes. Because I really don't know shit. The more you find out, the more you know, the more knowledge you consume and the more wise you become. You realize you don't know anything. Mm. <laughs> you I, would, just...
1: I would agree. And I would say that's part of being, uh, you know wise is being able to discard what you thought you knew when you find out it's wrong you know that's wisdom right and i think i don't think you know a wisdom is knowing everything sometimes wisdom is is knowing just what matters to that whatever life you're in you know for what's wise for a baker is different than what's wise for a beggar right so yeah I, i would say you know to turn this into a question because I, I, I like where we were going with the aliens, and I want to ask you about that. <laughs>
2: Sorry. No, it's okay. I a lot.:
1: <laughs> No, it's okay. I, I agree. The love and, and you know positivity and, and consciousness, you know, these are conversations that need to be had. We have them on the show. But right now, and we will have we'll we'll expand on that a little bit more.
2: Let's reel it back into the.
1: AI. I, I want to reel it to the aliens because.
2: Okay, let's do it. Because
1: you you mentioned what seems like a crypto terrestrial experience. I know I'm coloring it, and that's Ryan's theory, and not yours. It's so,
2: okay. You there's lots of names to the same thing out there. So
1: true. Well, and I'm wondering, do you think that there is a concerted effort on the part of the authorities that be to to get ahead of these alien experiences or strange experiences by saying, oh, it's all this being from Mars or whatever. And we're going to have a meeting with them and they're going to be our ally. And that's project, you know, blue beam or, you know, this disclosure that we're all here. Like, are you a little suspicious about that? Do you think that there are Sort oh, of yeah. forces that be that are trying to keep it material and away from the spiritual. Like, what are your thoughts on on aliens now that you've because you've had an yeah. experience that some might say yeah. is alien?
2: Yeah, I for sure thought alien at first. I got into the idea maybe gin because of the black smoke that was around it. I just tried to do so much research into being like, what could this be? I was diving in, um, but yeah, I I don't ever really take authority from what the government wants to tell us is true I just I feel like everybody wants to hate the government and make them evil I feel like there's beautiful people working for the government and we need it to a certain extent you can't have complete chaos to have a structured society But I would love to be on the know of the alien shit in the government. You know what I mean? Like how much fun would it be to be a person who gets to know the stuff instead of the people that are told you are crazy, you can't know anything because, you know, it's happening. All the governments know it. They've been releasing so much information. Oh, well, they're like, (laughs) we're to the point where like, "Eh, I know the government says aliens are real now and everybody's fine with it. You know, nobody's freaking out anymore. But I think that. There's so many levels to it. They would never be able to pinpoint, oh, it's just this thing from this one place doing this to you. Unfortunate for humans is that we don't play well with other animals. And so (laughs) I'm like, can't we just be nicer to each other? Prime example, all the Neanderthals, you know, we ended up killing them all out because we don't play nice. And maybe that's why we're stuck out here in... You know the Milky Way way out in the corner because we're a bunch of assholes that don't play nice with other people, and we're in a prison planet just to keep us contained until we can be nice. That's a theory, but you know, there's so many different types of—I don't know if there's archetypes or beings or sentience out there. There's so many levels to it. It's not just one thing. There's the grays. I don't even know if that was a gray. Like it would look white. I had a lot of the the descriptions of a gray I did not feel any emotions from it it was very emotionless but it was very attentive to what it was supposed to be doing and we did have like this little exchange where I was trying to like figure it out and it was almost like no you stay Mm. in your cage and I'm like I don't want to right so yeah there's an agenda that we're unaware of I don't know exactly what it is, but there's a lot of different types of beings that are working together mm. and humans are probably at the bottom of the list. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: We're we're on the third dimension. A lot of these things function on higher dimensions. Their frequencies are higher. They vibrate faster. We can't even see them. You know, it's, mm. it's a whole different realm. So you have to have all the capabilities of existing in all those realms to be a larger entity. We're, we are multidimensional beings. We're not just here on earth in the physical plane. We're existing in lots of different planes and you know, we have we're light beings. We're made of light. Our light is sparkling in another dimension that we can't see. You know, our sound that comes out, we make sound. The sound frequencies live in their own dimension as well, and they can cross dimensions. You know, we can we can hear things that aren't happening in our dimension. So that means they have to be able to hear us in other dimensions too, maybe on accident. What if we're fucking with people and haunting their dimensions all the time and we have no idea?
1: <laughs> that's. I think that's exactly what it is. I mean, there's ancient stories of, you know, oh, don't build here, because don't build your house here because the fairies have their, you know, fairy ring and they'll open up your doors and fly through your house all night if you don't respect their boundaries. And yeah, absolutely. It it would be silly for us to assume that humans are, you know, just the tip of the iceberg. You know, we see the diversity in our biome; it's incredible. From you know the millions of multitudes of types of birds to every other little creature and in between, yeah, you bugs, know,
2: bugs—they're weird. Look yeah, like that. I we mean, don't wh- look anything like that.
1: Well, <laughs> and why would we assume that the diversity wouldn't be here in the human realm too, or in the conscious? hand being realm you know like why are we the only ones with like the brain and the hands on the planet it's it's not by accident i i've thought a lot about design for sure yeah the prison planet I, i mean do you think that that's part of the spiritual ascension is to send out of the prison planet or do you think that humans are sort of in an unfortunate situation someone else is kind of trapping us here against our will
2: Both. I feel like ascension isn't just going up. You have to go down to ascend in a lot of situations, too. To have a full understanding, you have to understand the duality of things. So I think you can come to Earth to ascend, even if you are a higher being from a different place, because you haven't had this human experience yet. And to be able to rise the ladder of understanding, you have to have those experiences no matter what level they're on. So I don't know that Ascension is just up. I know that I learn a lot more from the mistakes that I made, which would probably not categorize as an Ascension at the time. But I then learn so much more and am able to encompass that a lot better. But humans are beautiful creatures. I think I feel like we are more special than they lead us to believe. And I do think there is a situation at hand where we can be manipulated we're definitely being manipulated. We're filtered to only have five or six senses right now. Anyways, can you imagine if we had 25 senses, what our lives would look like if there was triple the amount of senses that you could not just taste and how do you fathom what a new sense would feel like? You know, like if you've never had an orange, you don't know what it tastes like. You don't know what it looks like. You don't know orange until you, until you have. So it's, Crazy. I try to I try to think about what new senses would feel like, new abilities. And that's when I got into like researching transhumanism a little bit. There's a bunch of these little cyborg people that have some pretty amazing abilities that they've created. And it's just like this chick. Oh my gosh, her name is like Moon something. But, she put these seismic sensors in her feet so that she can sense earthquakes all over the world at the moment that they're happening in her body. And I'm just like, what? this is this is amazing. This is like an another type of sense to be able to sense natural occurrences like that to but I feel like that's also getting closer to nature. Once you get closer to nature, you have a lot more of those abilities.
1: Mm. I'm picturing Storm from X-Men with like white oh, hair, <laughs> like some lady who's got like some crazy shoes on. Her hair turns white. Cause she's feeling all earthquakes all day. <laughs> Wow, that is that is interesting. I wonder what that would do over time to your consciousness, like, you know, essentially adopting a new sense.
2: Sense. Yeah, Wow, absolutely. And then there's those that have put tech into their body. And so then once you've gotten beyond the point of that tech is now melded with the human capabilities, you have another level. Of information coming in. So if somebody was to take that out of you, it's almost inhumane to be able to take that sense away from you then. So there's all this, I don't know, I just started diving into transhumanism a little bit. I was curious about it. I don't think that it's probably good for us to end up being like little test tube People that you know want to just talk to their great, great, great grandkids someday through a computer. Mm. I don't, that's not where the soul resides, but maybe that's how this game has continued to exist and get played on forever. I mean, there's, I don't know, I I know that I didn't start here and I'm not going to end here. I got other places I'm going to go and more things I'm going to do. But what happens if here stops existing, you know, like the never ending story style where if somebody stops believing in us or we stop playing this game and this dimension is no longer needed, it's where does it go? And if you can't come back here, there's a lot of other experiences to be had. But what if you the game is to keep this machine going so this simulation doesn't stop so that we don't lose these experiences? Ah,
3: That's a theory.
1: It is a theory. I'm I'm very surprised. We don't often hear transhumanist takes that aren't all bad. I mean, every I know, time any right? this conversation is had on the show, it's like, and transhumanism is the worst. Watch out, this is happening. And here you are, so sweet and naive not naive, but just innocently yeah, just like naive, oh, it's naive. cool
2: i'm fine you know like no when you it's, get older, it's more body innocence starts to fail that's where i come in with human transhumanism i'm like give me super fucking human powers here mm. i'm tired of this back you know what i mean
1: but like, don't you I... think that it's uh it's too good to be true like they're just going to like
2: how do you know unless you try it
1: you know? but, but then once did... you try it it's too late you can't go back if you're if you're i mean take it from me i have a plate in my wrist i can't go back if i want to take this yeah. out i could Go and do another surgery, and who knows? Maybe my bones won't be the way they should. So I should leave it in for the rest of my life. I had no, a doctor. I, with that. I had a doctor tell me, uh, actually on the show, not a doctor in person, tell me that. Oh, that's it's a part of you now. You know, he's sort of a forward-thinking <laughs> doctor. Yeah. He's like, you know, you shouldn't be worried about that. It's fused into you now. So yeah, there's there's sort of a, a bright side to transhumanism that I think. You know, you're not naive for exploring because it is just as likely that that's what we're heading towards as this dystopia that most podcasters like to elaborate on. But, I mean, I'm glad they do because we should be aware of these things. It's just oh, usually absolutely. Chicken Little's I mean, the, the loudest one, you know. Chicken Little comes oh, first,
2: yeah. like, oh, this guy sky could be coming for us, you know. <laughs> like, but <laughs> Yeah. So if he is, we might as well have as much fun as we can. So yeah. he—I don't know—I always use the he.
1: <laughs> they.
2: They. I like the they better. Yeah, I don't know. Like I've—I've I've had back issues almost like my whole life, and I went to a neuro surgeon to have a consultation and they're like, well, you can either do pain management or you can have surgery. And I was like, I don't really like either one of these options. <laughs> so I I was, well, no surgery for me. I was like, no. I'm just going to try and suck it up. And I did pain management for a while and that was fucking awful. So I got rid of those. So... Yeah, now I'm just, I try to do a lot of meditative healing, which I think has helped me a lot. Just getting, giving gratitude for my body for holding this shit together. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like We're in this together. Thank you all the cells in my body for holding me together so that I can get high in podcast. Now (laughs) you
1: you tried the pain management for a while. Do you think because of who you were before this, whatever occurred that you know, led you to have to go seek medical help. Um, like, because personally, I was hit with the same offer, like when I broke my wrist, oh, you could have this opioid or whatever. And Yeah. My wrist wasn't, it wasn't in that much pain. So I was like, no, I don't need any of that. Because I already smoked so much weed that I knew that if I even tried those pills, I'd probably get myself addicted and ruin my whole life. And, you know, we've had folks on the show who have almost ruined their lives you know I've I've,
2: seen it it's been personal and close to people around me for sure actually I before I started the pain management a friend offered me uh, an oxycontin one time because I was just in so much pain we were working together and I was going (laughs) I was shooting a wedding I was a photographer for years and um, you get into these crazy hunched over positions. And I'm, I'm, my favorite lens was the seventy two hundred, which is huge and heavy and just tr- probably contributed to fucking my back up. But at one point, I knew I was going down. The issues that I have are so severe that once I'm down, I don't walk for about a week or two, usually. And so I was like, Oh, please, no, not in the middle of a wedding. And she was like here and she even broke it in half and gave it to me. So I was like, okay, cool, hopefully this helps. <laughs> no, it did not. Okay, here's what happened when I tried OxyContin. So we show up and it's not even very long. I mean, it could have been like 35 minutes from when she gave it to me is when we arrived at the reception hall. And I get out of the car and I'm automatically kind of like my, oh, my balance is completely off. I am like not able to like kind of walk straight. And I'm like, oh shit, I was like, what? What did you give me and she's like I just gave you a little bit and I was like okay and then I started getting hot flashes I was like fuck am I gonna throw up in front of all these people so I just put my camera in front of my face and I try to hide myself from people <laughs> so it's like in this reception trying to take pictures and finally I try to eat food food's not making it better because usually if I'm too high you know from smoking or whatever I can just eat something and that helps but no it was not helping I was like, Oh my God, I have to go somewhere. And I told her, I was like, Chris, I have to leave. I have to go lay down somewhere right now. And she's like, Oh my gosh. Okay, fine. And I started just booking it down this hallway. And there behold, there's a couch down this hallway just waiting for me. I was like, thank you so much. I lay down on this couch and within minutes, I'm just trying to relax. I'm trying to meditate to get myself through this. And I open my eyes and above me, is this man who is floating and there's like wind blowing through his hair. Half of it's pulled back. It's long and gray. And I named him the hippie Jesus just fucking around. But I was like, oh, fuck, it's hippie Jesus. (laughs) I was like, I am not having a hallucination right now and he's just smiling at me and I was like oh my god I closed my eyes and probably about 10 minutes later open my eyes he's still fucking there I'm like oh he's not going anywhere so people are coming and checking on me at this point and like she's trying to bring me food or cupcakes she's like here you can try this I, I laid back there for three hours before everything was over and we had to leave and he hippie Jesus floated above me for the first hour and 45 minutes maybe two hours and so totally hallucinated or put me into a hallucinated hallucinated state to be able to see this dude. He was just watching over me. And I don't, <laughs> I have no idea the purpose of any of it. I just know that it happened. And so I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not taking oxys anymore because either it's opening a door and I'm going to start seeing some real crazy shit or it's making me hallucinate hippie Jesuses. So <laughs>
1: Interesting. Yeah.
2: Roxies for me, please.
1: (laughs) I can't help but point out that people have called me hippie Jesus from time to time.
2: It was you in the future.
1: (laughs) I don't know. Fucking with me. I'm glad I could help. I'm glad I could help if it was, but. (laughs) Yeah, recently someone called me headband Jesus. So, yeah, it's changed since I started wearing the headband. But, I like it. <laughs> but yeah, like it. hippie Jesus back when hippie I was Jesus. younger and didn't have the mustache. <laughs> but anyways, wow. So that was your first sort of experience with oxycontin and i yeah. imagine that didn't sit well and and you yeah. didn't continue with that did you
2: no so when they offered that for my pain management i was like yeah i'll, do
1: that. <laughs> I'll pass yeah <laughs> i agree nope
2: Mm-mm. i'm yeah. just gonna smoke pot so that's what i did
1: and that's helped
2: it has yeah edibles more than you know because that's a body high it's like But it has like a few weird things, too, sometimes. So if I have real aches and pains, it's like you can go internal real easy on edibles and you just or for me, I guess. I'm just so sensitive to all the systems in my body that I mean, it's like you can feel the blood pumping through and you can feel all those points that need to have work done. And so I'm always like, all right, well, I'm just going to use this as like I can focus right here And try to get some healing vibes going on. I don't know if it's just like blinking light inside the body going, pay attention to this one. It needs help. I don't know. But edibles help a lot because I have a lot of muscle spasms. So it kind of helps to relax, get some sleep. Mm. And then my mind expands. And it's a great side effect, too. (laughs) Yeah marijuana
1: so yeah no i'm i'm glad you shared that i think there are people out there who might not know i mean if you don't it's you're a little late to the party but yeah it's worth sharing because even now even still there are people who live in states where it's not legal not accessible and there's still a stigma personally you know i don't hide the fact that i smoke weed because i think i'm pretty intelligent and i have very fun, interesting conversations on the show. And I think people should know that you can do that while you're high, you know?
2: Oh, absolutely. Because
1: in my upbringing, you know, the stigma was pot makes you stupid, pot makes you lazy. So for me, it's like, no, look what I'm doing. Look at what I've accomplished. Look at what we can do uh, with cannabis. And I'm just one small figure of many bold people who are who are doing this, but yeah it's definitely a topic we like to elaborate on here on the show. I used cannabis to help my martial arts training, and just like you said, it was like I could feel my blood pumping, I could feel the bones moving, you know my joints moving in a in a way that was psychosomatic. And when you're learning martial arts, it's one of the most important things you can tap into. You don't need to be high to do this by any means. Most people who are athletic are just naturally gifted at that. Me, I'm tall, lanky, awkward. I was not gifted at being, you know, agile and all this stuff. But smoking weed, for whatever reason, helped me tap into my body and and bridge that psychosomatic gap. But wow. So... There was another experience you told me about, something about like almost more like a Mandela effect or like a glitch in reality. Oh
2: yeah, yeah. Can so, we get into
1: that a little bit?
2: Yeah, yeah, let's do it. So, my first episode, I decided to come out the gates with a glitch in the matrix. I I really honestly didn't even know that that is what happened to me because I had a pretty cool glitch in the ma- glitch in the matrix experience. But you know, getting older, there's just all these new words that they label things. And so you got to keep up with the labels, (laughs) (laughs) which I'm not good at. I don't, I'm not very good at being labeled because I'm like, well, okay. I have just, here I am. I don't know what to, it's it's like when you were like, oh, tell us about yourself. I want to be like, I'm having a great human experience. (laughs) Uh, That's, (laughs) that's
1: that's (laughs) enough. That's enough. I mean, that's how I feel with small talk, not to interject and change the, the, you know, tangent, but that's how I felt with small talk. And like when I worked at a farmer's market, it was a lot of like small talk, people saying the same thing every week over and over again. So I would try to break them out of that with stuff like that of like, I'm just a human being, you know, like getting right down to the core truth can really like, you know, shock people, surprisingly. Yeah. But get you're right. that
2: autopilot. You know, I don't ever want to be an autopilot. I mean, sometimes it's good when you're, you can be an autopilot to get mundane things done. But mm. the more you think in a specific way, the more the neurons in your brain create pathways to it. And so it just, it makes it so solid that you just become on autopilot and you don't see all the other things that could happen for you. And you're going to miss all the fun, sparkly stuff, especially if if you've created those pathways so predominantly that you'll only find things to almost uh, connect with that. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Fucking words are hard. Like to validate. You're going to find things to validate those pathways mm, constantly. Right, But um, right. so you got to kind of get out of like your own way. Like a self-fulfilling
1: prophecy. Yes, mm.
2: absolutely. Yep. You got you to gotta fire off different neurons every once in a while. Keep it spicy.
1: Well, and it's <laughs> interesting you say that after we just talked about weed and we will get back to the glitch in the matrix, oh, but yes. uh, no, it's all right. A past guest told me that cannabis helps you sort of loosen and restructure those neural pathways, whereas mushrooms, and he sort of talked about it like, equal and opposites like he would do mushrooms and then he would smoke weed to kind of balance his brain chemistry and he said mushrooms like created like more 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 and then cannabis kind of like wipes the slate clean and allows you to sort of only use the important ones and that was maybe you know a weird way of explaining it but for whatever reason it feels true to me like that's exactly what happened yeah it happened to me when i started smoking when I was younger, yeah. you know, all the yeah. programming of my youth, you know, being in school, all the, you know, beliefs my parents and grandparents had, you know, they all sort of lost their weight. And I was able to be myself and think for myself for the first time in, you know, yeah. my life. Your original thoughts. Yeah.
2: we coming in. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know it's it's hard to kind of swim through all the shit sometimes. It's you just got to decide who you want to be. yourself that's like i don't know that's one of the things i struggle with you know i watched i did the glitch in the matrix episode and i watched the glitch in the matrix documentary which is really great checked all my boxes except for that weird fuck who killed his parents yeah don't do that (laughs) i haven't
1: heard about that yeah that doesn't sound good
2: (laughs) no no it's not don't do that but so there's this point where this little the lion man head guys they all have these little avatar heads which is fabulous so that they can have their you know secrecy or whoever they are
1: you're and talking about I'm in gonna... like vr world
2: yeah they're well so you gotta watch this documentary oh, it's a do- okay so, it's so the
1: documentary takes yes. place and they're interviewing people who are like characters so if
2: like you and me we would have little avatar heads
1: right Instead of our actual faces. Okay.
2: Okay. Or actually their whole bodies were. Yeah. Cause one dude had armor. So it was the lion man head. And he talked about when he was younger that, you know, he's at maybe a family function or a party or something. And his uncle's there. And he's very philosophical at a very young age, which I love because I felt like I was on that level as well. Just thinking and outside the box as a kid, but no one to talk to. And He asks his uncle, you know, what if none of this is real? You know, what if this is a simulation? And his uncle responds with something along the lines of, well, then what would keep me from walking around and just shooting everybody in the head? What would keep me from shooting you? And me and the little man, line man head have the same way of thinking because he was his response to that was, is that what you want to do? Is that this is like one of the options of your choices. You know, like, why is it that unless we have, you know, a God and consequences of going to hell, that we are supposed to do what we're told and be good instead of having actual good character? you know, and honor in this life instead. I mean, I would never, if this is a simulation, which there's a very likely chance that it is, I'm fucking cool with that. I don't care. I'm still awesome in this simulation. I'm rolling with it. I'm not going to walk around and shoot people in the head because I figured out reality isn't what I thought it was. And it's so crazy to me that there's people out there that think like that.
1: Well, uncles or uncles think like that. It's true. <laughs> uncles don't, you know, if you listen, young boys and girls out there, don't take these ideas and air them out on your uncles because they're just going to think, <laughs> get this out of your head and get a job because i have a job you know they're they're on like uncles are on programming people they're cool uncles out there i'm sure but yeah my uncles at least like my uncle joe he would hit me with a exactly like that like well mac what the hell's the point you know what's the point of life if we don't have it's like well what yeah I've been there. Trust me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) My family thinks I'm crazy for sure. So this is perfect. So you're popping my cherry on your show. This is my first guest appearance. So it's so great that it's a show called "My Family Thinks I'm Crazy."
1: Well, and your family does. Your husband. I hope your kids don't. I think your kids. No, my kids are fucking awesome. (laughs) Awesome.
2: So my son is just. Balls deep and all the conspiracy shit. Every day he sends me crazy stuff. Like, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm very open for him. I'm like, cool, buddy. And I encourage him to have open thoughts and conversations. I just like, I don't know. Have I don't know if you've gone through this, and most people do. If you get spiritual in any way, is you kind of have to like fall into this hole when you learn that everything is just shit and there's so many bad things in the world and. You know, we could all die tomorrow and blah, blah, blah. And then you're able to see things in the light and you kind of climb back out of it. And you're like, all right, no, I can't fix the whole fucking world. We're not all doomed. If I do good things and I project love, then the people around me will feel that. And then they will, too. And it'll expand out. And then you pull yourself out of the the conspiracy hole. Hmm. He isn't out yet. (laughs) still in it you know so all the time he's like sending me videos about how you can see through the moon and that it's just a hologram and you know flat earth and you know just conspiracies about the government religion and I'm just like buddy I feel you. I've been there you're gonna make it out okay you're, <laughs> you're, you're so he's cool with all this shit I can actually throw weird stuff at him and and he'll he'll bring some stuff to me that I'm like huh not know that. i'm gonna look into that that's cool my daughter she's very open to it too she's younger but she's i mean she she's had experiences too but they're just super chill about it it's not weird mm. for them to talk to me about it but like my husband and my sister yeah those two are in a different group they don't get the conversations that <laughs> include the weird stuff mm they get the hey what's for dinner let's go on a vacation how's life question
1: <laughs> right right no i i yeah i think also you know your son's just a teenager too right like when you're that yeah. age you find any reason why the world sucks or why things aren't Yeah, going he's 18 <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah he's like this. I don't know, this world sucks. And I'm like, well, that means you just have to be the one to make it better.
1: Yeah. So. Well, and that's, yeah, that's what they're, the the whole mindset is. I, I'm glad I, I came out of that in a constructive way, but I, I could see how that gets weaponized, you know, especially with young men where, you know, they sort of, whether through music or video games, you know, people can become sort of either just a cog in the wheel or disenfranchised to the point where the system takes advantage of them. And it sounds like your son's got his head on straight and he's sort of navigating the world like, okay, well, they're lying to us about the moon, so maybe I should reconsider this third credit card. Not that he has that.
2: (laughs) doesn't have a third credit card Uh, yeah but no he he struggled with the system in school for a while he didn't really like school in certain aspects there's class that he loved welding he did really well in welding in high school he he's creative in that way so he enjoyed that a lot but he would always challenge his teachers I feel like because he just wanted to question authority or why or If I don't know, and and sometimes if it just didn't interest him at all, he could give a shit less. I was like, buddy, you got, we got to at least graduate. Right. That's just the first step in life. And then after that, you can have more responsibility of your own choices. I was like, I know it sucks. We all had to go through fucking school. It wasn't fun all the time. Well, and it's
1: hard to realize at that age. I mean, speaking as a 27 year old about to turn 28. I don't like to tell people that I'm 27 because I don't want to be a part of the 27 club, but I'm almost oh. out of the, I'm almost out of there. So yeah, I, 10 years ago, I was your son's age and I felt like probably say a lot of the same ways of like, oh, you know, the system and disagreeing with my teachers. And it was hard then to see that I could enjoy educating myself because i had just come through 12 years of like education being boring not fun associated with all these tests and challenges and then when i got a you know far enough away from that to begin to like start to learn again I was like, wow, learning is fun because I'm in control. I yes. set the pace. I yes. determine the courses. I determine the topics, you know. Yeah.
2: And, you create your own reality.
1: Right. So yeah. I mean, what a what a cool thing for him to have a, a mom like you who's sort of guiding him slightly along that path. Cause you know, yeah. a lot of people don't have that, you know. So I
2: probably was not your traditional mom whatsoever. I remember like <laughs> <laughs> my kids have had experiences too growing up. Um, and I remember when my son would come to me and tell me that there's something in his room. And I was like, oh, well, I better help you out. Nobody helped me out. So I'm going to help you out. So I would give him a little bit of advice and be like, all right, well, you know what? Then just try to talk to him. I was like, you know, I say, you know, hey, hi, my name is Reese. What's your name? I, I know that you're here. I don't like to be scared. Please don't scare me. If you want to be here with me in the same room, let's just be friends or be nice. And so I kind of tried to give him some guidance. And one night it was so cute. I could hear him in his room talking, you know, and he was all like, my name is Reese. And I'm like, oh, he's doing it. And then it was only like a couple of days afterwards that he never really complained about being afraid of them anymore. So I was like, yes.
1: That's awesome. Wow. Look at that. Take notes, parents out there. Me, I don't have any kids yet, but I'm taking note. I think that's a really, yeah, really empowering lesson to teach a kid. Like, hey, like use your voice and don't, because, you know, whether you believe in these things or not we can all agree that our imagination can get the better of us if no, we absolutely. if we're scared you know so t- telling a kid like to just talk yourself through that situation whether whether they're speaking to something or not it, it's very empowering now that being said has he had any experiences that come close to what you've experienced or or your daughter like any weird like entities around the house that they've seen because you had the you know the the black smoky gin looking characters yeah
2: they seen yeah i know that they've had different experiences my daughter i couldn't quite figure out Hers, Reese, he, he was very similar with me, so it was easier for me to understand. Hers was a little different, so it was fun to kind of learn where she was going to go with hers. But hers are more in, in the dream state and having the understanding and the concept of being outside of time. She's been in a lot of different situations in her dreams that are pretty strong I don't know, as a kid, if you, she she's had some where, you know, she's died over and over and over and over and over and over, and I've never had that one. I, and I was like, oh, how do I help her with that? You know, so she's pretty strong-willed when it comes to- I used to have
1: dreams about going to the mall. Jeez, <laughs> dying, wow. <laughs> like,
2: damn. I don't even know if I've really died in any of my dreams. I thought about it. I was like, I don't know well, if every, I, was, every, I died.
1: Every time I've ever died, I've woken up. Like, I've, I've had yeah. nightmares where, like, a snake or an alligator or something attacks yeah. me and i wake up but I, I never like never like passed away and like saw like like i imagine like being at your your own funeral and like looking around seeing yeah. your family like is that what she means or does she mean like she's in like some <laughs> kind of crazy space battle and her ship blows no
2: up? it was this where she was fall falling i think she was falling over and over into this hole over and over and over again. And so I was trying to help her be able to grasp onto something to slow it down so that it didn't keep happening in this loop. I was like, see if you can pick out anything, you know, colors or shapes or sounds and try to familiarize with something and try to hold on to it and slow it down. And that way you can see what's really going on instead of being sped up in this loop that's just happening over and over. That was, I didn't, you know, that was the advice that I gave to her because it's really hard to advise on someone of what to do in another dimension. (laughs) You know, because dreams are like different dimensions. Yeah, Yeah. I feel like I've lived hundreds of thousands of lives in my dreams. I have five, six dreams a night, every single night. Like, I mean, even last night, the dreams are just crazy. They're so vivid and intense. I really feel like I'm existing in other places. I mean, I have places that I recognize as soon as I'm there. They're like home. You know, I am I know I feel comfortable there. I know the people there. I know where the layout of everything is and... It's it's dream world is strong. It's, it's for those. And then there's people who don't dream at all. Like, well, and what Brandon, is
1: what is like it Brandon about
2: Thomas who does expanding reality? He does not remember his dreams ever. Yeah. I was like, what? You don't you don't re- never remember to dream. He's like, nope. it's like that's a whole nother fucking world that you've never existed in. This is crazy to me because it just I exist there so much that I I would be so sad. If do you think I he I,
1: I, do. You, do you think he just truly never remembered a dream, or is he just ex- is like exaggerating? I was his brain a little
2: bit. I was like, "Dude, you <laughs> don't remember anything." He's like, "No, I close my eyes, I go to sleep, and then I wake up, and I'm like, nothing. Like, there's no. I was you like, 'You don't feel coming.'" He's like, "You know, I can fade in and out." I think is what he said, but I was like, "Dude, all right, I we get, we have to talk more on this." I started coming up with questions because I was like, "Ah." Oh. I'm digging into this one here because it's like people who don't have that inner dialect. Mm. What? I have, I have hundreds of things going on inside here. I mean, at any point in time, I could probably have f- three voices speaking, a song going, a to-do list going, you know, me planning out some futuristic adventure I want to go on all at the same time. I can't imagine having just nothing going on in there. It's just, mm. Blake,
1: there's well, people I'm going to raise this question with Brandon myself next time I talk Do to him. It. Shout out to Brandon if you're hearing this. Shout out. <laughs> it's, it's been too long. Let's talk. But also, you know, when you're that dreamy in person, maybe he's just using up all of his dreaminess <laughs> in the daytime. I just got to save yes. some for the nighttime. But
2: going all to the hair. I, I can relate,
1: though, because <laughs> I smoke. And I always thought, like, oh, well, if you smoke, then you can't dream. And my friend Juan said this two weeks ago. And in my head, for whatever reason, I'm like, oh, I want to go against it. Cause Juan just said that, you know, cause right. Juan,
2: Challenge Juan, accepted. Yeah,
1: yeah, Juan was like, <laughs> yeah, I never, I, you know, I never remember my dreams when I smoke. And I kind of thought to myself, like, well, I smoke every day. So, and everybody knows I smoke every day. So now is everybody thinking that Mark doesn't have dreams ever? So, you know, that goes through my head and I'm like, no, I'm going to have a freaking dream tonight. And I did. I had, and I set the intention and I remembered my dreams the next morning, but then that kind of faded and the next few days it just, it didn't follow through. So I can relate to Brandon. I actually, you know, I don't remember many of my dreams, just the sort of like the ones that stand out. But is there something? cause you, you mentioned you, you do edibles, you smoke. Is there something yeah. that you do differently that maybe I could do to help me remember my dreams or, or be more lucid during my dream?
2: But you know, a lot of times what I like to do before I go to sleep, that's kind of where the magic all happens. I wish that I was better at keeping awake because it seems like the all the sparkly, fun, magical stuff creeps up. And then I'm like, I'm tired and I go to sleep. <laughs> Like, like situations where, you know, I like to lay in bed, and then I like to clear my mind. And then I like to be grateful for things because I'm just like, dude, I'm just so grateful to be in this body to be able to experience this reality to have my kids and my husband and my dogs and my house, my friends. And I'm just really grateful to be able to experience this. And so from there, you just you, you have that feeling of connection to consciousness, I guess, because you're just grateful to have it because that's what this is. This is just a conscious experience. And so then I try to set my intention of, you know, all right, let's go on a fun adventure. I want to go out into space or I want to go back in time But one thing that helps me is in the mornings, how do you wake up? Do you have like a crazy alarm system or do you just let yourself wake up whenever or?
1: Well, it's changed a lot throughout my life when I was when I was a delivery guy, I had like 12 alarms and I would set them (laughs) periodically because I knew the first eight wouldn't work. So I was really banking on the last four of the 12 alarms. But now that I'm a podcaster, I could stay up till three in the morning and wake up at noon like a bum. And I'm actually, I actually make money. So it's not a big deal.
2: (laughs) Right? Yeah. (laughs) So I I like to have a nice way to wake up. If you have one of those alarms, it's just like, it's going to jolt you out of whatever you were doing and just slap your face into this reality and i like to come out of it slower because then you can hold on to where you came from into where you're you know waking up into this reality and then so i can remember more i i understand what's happening to me in that dream Mm. as i'm waking up so then i can go backwards so then i'm like all right for instance like last night I work for this company that rents out things for weddings and corporate stuff. And so we're moving. And so I have all these moving dreams that are stressing me out lately. But I'm always like, no, don't do the work dream. But so I'm counting linens for The Rock. Yeah, The Rock. He's having like an event. And so I'm trying to like put together a quote for his event. And I got to come up with all these linens for it. And <laughs> that was the, where I was in this dream as I was waking up. And so I held on to that and started working backwards. And then I remembered before I got to where I was trying to get The Rock's quote ready that I came from this trip and we were out on this cruise boat. And we had all of our friends and we were going to do one of these EDM cruise cruise ship parties, which I would love to do. That is on the list. I don't know. I can't do cruise ships. So I think it's going to have to just be Caribbean EDM party. No cruise ships for me.
1: On the beach.
2: On the beach. Yes. We'll do that one. But I can hold on to this passageway where all this information was coming through and be able to go back further and further to each dream before that. That's kind of how I started to work my memories into being able to hold on and remember more and more of them when I would wake up in the mornings. It's been working really well for the last hmm, six, seven years.
1: So. Mm. Wow. I, I definitely think that's partly why my dreams are memorable sometimes. You know, I know Brandon lives on a farm, so he probably wakes up at the crack of dawn, has <laughs> no time to to <laughs> ah, think about his sleeps dreams. He like
2: three or four hours.
1: <laughs> yeah, like he's a hardworking man. Me, I'm over here. I'm just smoking, podcasting. I go to sleep. I wake up and I'm like, oh. He's got
2: like horses and chickens yeah. and. Goats and donkeys. Oh and yeah, stuff. Really
1: oh like... yeah. Well, you know that's life goals. I hopefully I'm on a ranch yeah. too one day, podcasting with a cowboy hat on. But
0: right, that sounds uh, awesome. Until
1: now, until then, and for now, I I do remember some of my dreams. I'm always like on a on an adventure. Like every dream I have that I remember is with people I can't recognize in a place I don't recognize in like a mall or like a building with a bunch of different like floors and weird like rooms that don't make sense like because I'm a very like spatial person I like to figure out this spatial environment you know when I'm driving when I get to a building somewhere new I like to sort of imagine what the dimensions of it so a lot of my dreams involve that where I'm like I see like like buildings I'm in them I'm navigating them it's like a maze you know mm-hmm. and then I'll have I like have
2: those sometimes yeah. they're stressful too like fucking toilet dreams <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> Fuck them toilet dreams. I hate them. I always find these nasty ass toilets that are just shit splattered on the walls. There's like hundreds of stalls of it. You can't find a clean one. And I'm like, what the fuck?
1: Like, Oh, no. Female <laughs> problems. That's a, that's a female hate problem. These toilet
2: dreams.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't relate to that. I don't have that issue.
2: <laughs> oh, good for you. Oh, no, they oh, yeah. suck. Don't do it. But yeah, oh, just no. like trying to navigate being in weird places in so many rooms. And it's like the whole back room theory where you're just dragged into this dimension. It's unfinished well, and that, it's just...
1: It kind of reminds me of a, of a question I was trying to load up there. Is Do you think that our living, waking life colors our dream world like do you think people who maybe have never seen the ocean can't dream of the ocean like let's say you live in in kansas you never left kansas like your dream of the ocean is going to be severely different than someone who lives in you know washington state or hawaii and they're like on the beach like you know, do yeah. You, do you oh, think- I think
2: that it will. It would be drastically different from somebody who hasn't physically been there. But I don't feel that we. Even if you've never been to the ocean, or you've never seen a picture of the ocean, or you've never heard the ocean, I feel like the human consciousness is so intertwined that that would still make its way into your mm. imagination, into your thoughts, into the capabilities of yeah. understanding the ocean. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. There's this. are su- all connected. Oh, no doubt. There's this really interesting podcast you just reminded me of. I'll send you a link to it. They did an episode on this tribe in Indonesia, and they're very isolated, very small groups of people that live in these island rainforests. And part of their culture is every morning they wake up and they discuss their shared dream. Because they all dream together as a community and they, you know, sleep in the same building. They have these sort of, you know, bamboo hut type buildings and and they communally dream. And they all discuss their dreams and the kids get up and they're like, I saw this and it did this. And then grandma will be like, yeah, actually, well, that's this. And she was there to, you know, they're very descriptive and they all have these like community dreams. It's it's fascinating.
2: Man, that's beautiful. Yeah. I, yeah, I, we're all connected in our dreams, too. That's not separate from us. That's part of us, yeah. so I mean, I and and, you know, I think that the individuals that are part of your soul group have the biggest in, you know, impact on your dreams and your reality, and you're all just here to help support each other. It's kind of like, I don't know, this is how I like to make. Visuals of thoughts sometimes, but I feel like it's just you know you get all your your favorite people together to jump into this game and you know you decide to be this avatar I decide to be that avatar and we're gonna get in here and we're gonna learn all kinds of new cool stuff and then we'll do it again you know when we're done we can mix it all up and I could be somebody different you could be somebody different maybe if. I'm tired of playing this game. I'm going to let somebody else play my avatar for a while. And it's going to seem really weird to you (laughs) because I'm taking a break and somebody else is in here now. I mean, I think that's totally possible.
1: Right. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, the idea of walk-ins and, you know, the concept of what you just described is not, unfamiliar to this show we've actually interviewed someone who is a galactic walk-in they left their body in a tragic accident the former them and now who they are now entered into being and that's who they are now the aurora Mm -hmm. the flying rainbow lasagna is the name of her art and fascinating person i I know you I think
2: I've I think I might know a little information about her now the more you keep talking about her.
1: You've heard about her before? Yeah, yeah. Aurora's the best. She's been on this show. We want to get her back on soon. But she actually inspired a whole synchronistic journey for Tara and I after we talked to her. We went to Woodstock, New York because she told us there's a a vortex there. And, oh, really? and we were very curious about it. It's only like an hour and a half away from us, where we are now. So we drove up there and uh, yeah, it was, I mean.
2: Isn't that where Groundhog Day was filmed for? It was Woodstock, New York.
1: <laughs> I didn't know that. Maybe. I
2: think that's the town that Groundhog Day was really? filmed in. Well, like not in the movie. It's called Woodstock. Yeah. It, yeah. I'm huh. pretty sure of it.
1: Huh. I don't and know that.
2: Vortex. Yeah.
1: Well, <laughs> what's interesting is when we were there, we found this book that mentioned Connecticut. So I'm like, oh, I want this book. It's a spirit. It's called Spirit in Stone, right? It's all about the New England sacred landscape and Connecticut was mentioned. So I, I loved, I love any book about where I'm from. Yeah. So I got it. And then we find out that Woodstock, New York, where we were, is actually aligned as a solar equinox. Like the city street itself is aligned in this whole ley line arrangement i know i just went down a whole tangent there but oh,
2: that's my favorite thing to do <laughs>
1: aurora is very yeah she's a very like i hope that just speaks to because people hear stuff like this and they're like oh that's wacky somebody thinks that they're an alien consciousness that walked in well okay sure but she actually like had an impact on tara and i's life in a very spiritual meaningful way that yeah. to me negated all that skepticism i had because i was right there i was like yeah aurora she's kind of wacky this is going to be an interesting conversation after we spoke i was like wow like that really hit me like here you know like yeah. so whether or not she's she's actually from another gal- galaxy or not I, I mean she's i don't think she's it energy. would matter
2: at all if the yeah. impact that she's having is that way, then wherever she's from and wherever she's going is irrelevant.
1: Mm. Well, and she does this really cool flying rainbow lasagna dance that is meant to sort of, you know, people should listen to her words explaining it, not mine. But to summarize. It's important
2: though, because like, I know that it's hard to describe like I say all the time, things that happen in another dimension, like your thoughts or your mind's eye or these other places where this information is going on before it comes out of your mouth. These movements to things are very important. I know that I do this. I I never knew what to call it, but there's this thing that I used to do when I was younger. To kind of keep myself safe in situations. And then I started doing it when I got older when I would see animals that just needed extra help. And I don't know why now every time I see a dead animal on the side of the road, I do this thing for it to like release its energy. It's I don't know. But there's these movements that happen. And so it's like a I guess it's more like a torrid. Is that what they call it? The the spinning motion. A
1: toroidal field.
2: Yes. Okay. So kinda looks like a donut. Is, Almost it's so I didn't know how to explain the the actual shape and the movements of this thing until a friend of ours brought a VR system to the art gallery that I used to be a part of in Topeka that I miss so much. They're so great. But so I got into this VR and you can, you know, paint in three dimensions. And I was like, what? This is awesome. So if you slap a VR on, you realize this shit is absolutely on the cusp of being a a simulation as soon as you start playing vr it makes the whole concept so much easier to understand we are so (laughs) close to being the same thing in these vrs it's wild but anyways so i'm i was like oh you know what i can put it onto this one setting that looked like golden rays so you could just write with it however you wanted and I started drawing this movement that I would do in my mind and so I could expand it out and I created this whole movement in front of me on this VR and it was so beautiful to be able to see it outside of my own fucking mind I've never been able to see it before until then and it was so cool it was like it goes count counterclockwise up and then it's spits out and it comes right back and it does this three times. And then the last part of it, whenever it happens, it's a complete surprise to me. I never know what it's going to do for each individual situation that I do this movement to. So I'm always waiting at the very end of to see what it's going to look like. Like one time, this tiny little rabbit on the side of the road that had gotten hit and was dead laying there. I don't know, I just do it. So I decided to do the little energy thing for it to help it out. And this tiny little rabbit had this giant sonic boom that was so big, it like spanned the universe when it came out of this little guy. I was like, that's insane. I never know, like a little rabbit could have that kind of energy. And of course, it's happening, you know, in your mind's eye. But it's it's hard to describe movements and how the energy works. I know how to start the movement. I just never know how it's going to end because it's out of my hands at that point.
1: Now, are you are you driving while you're? Like, oh yeah. yeah. So what, can you give us a? Is this something you're you're willing to share, like, or is this something personal to you?
2: It's very personal to okay. me, but it's in all, it's, it's all in my mind's eye. It's okay. nothing that I'm doing. You're not
1: moving your world. hands. Okay. I'm not
2: moving my hands. <laughs> I no,
1: thought you were talking I'm, with your hands. So I'm, I'm like waiting to. for you to do like some special thing. Like
2: I was able to do it with my hands with the VR, which was super cool. Oh, but wow. No, none of this is done with my hands. It's all in my mind's right,
1: eye. Right, right, right. And, yeah, and
2: so sense. it was just so cool to be able to see it for real in this VR system and to be able to walk around the whole thing and just see how it interacted and it was it's was pretty cool so I, I understand like energy movements specific movements can do specific things just like specific sounds can do certain things like did you ever watch that show AO AO OA OA <laughs> my initials are AO so I was mixed up oh I think it's
1: no <laughs> think it's but it's OA. interesting that you bring that up because my friend Roman just said last night on the show that we do, Esoteric America EA, that he he said, "Oh, I watch. I finished watching the OA today." So no, I haven't seen it, but my friend Roman did. Not that that means anything.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it was weird. It was one of those shows where I don't know why, but at the very end of the finale of it, I'm not going to ruin it for anybody, especially you, because you haven't seen it, but. It just hit me like right in the chest when I watched it, and it was almost like I was tearing up because I understood how these the, these energy movements work, and it was just super cool. I don't know.
1: Yeah, and I think Tara, my girlfriend, said when Roman said that, she said she watched a few episodes of it. It had something to do with dancing. Full disclosure. Anyone who's worried about a spoiler alert, skip ahead. Me, I don't really watch television, so you're not really going to disappoint me if you give. So I could a-
2: just spill it yeah, off.
1: Yeah, let me know. I want to hear about it. I want to hear about it. That's how I learned. So,
2: yeah, so, well, it's like this. So this girl gets kidnapped and she's kept in captivity with this other guy and they make this connection. It's been a minute since I've seen it. But somehow, and I can't remember if she's blind when it starts and she's not at the end. Fuck me. I don't remember anywhere. But they do these movements and they teach each other these movements. And these movements create this energy that connects all these people together. Did you ever watch, there's another show that was super cool, Sense8. Did you ever watch yeah, Sense8? Yeah,
1: that one I did. Yeah. That yeah. I remember that was like one of those synchronistic watches like I was very around this time that I stopped watching television it would be like very specific things that I would watch that would like appear synchronistically and Sense eight like at least three people recommended it to me yeah. in like a 24-hour time span and I was like well I have to watch this
2: <laughs> yeah it was great it was so cool to see how these people were connected to each other because I feel that everybody's connected Everybody has certain levels of connectedness. You know, like now, like now that me and you have talked, we're connected somehow, some way. Like we might not have been deeply connected before until our connections got closer and closer and it brought us together. Now, I feel like that happens for everybody on these different levels. It's just how you... You know, what you allow to come close to you, what you decide is good for you and what's not good for you, which put out to the universe will come back to you. So it's like, who do you want to surround yourself with?
1: Mm, Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a big part of starting this podcast is restructuring my life and it's paid off immensely. I mean, I started to notice when I signed up for different podcast support, like I would pay them each month. I couldn't afford to throw thirty dollars forty fifty dollars away on all these different podcasts each month, working you know the jobs I was doing, but karmically, it paid off it brought me closer to doing something that I was apparently meant to do, right, and just like you you sort of illustrated there with like how two people can come together like I sort of gravitated closer and closer to podcasting. And now with this podcast, I'm able to reach out and talk to the people that I was fascinated by for years, you know, and, and it's a tremendous, it's a tremendous opportunity to learn. And it's also overwhelming because there's a lot of people I've met, you know, so now with doing 260 episodes, that's almost, you know, it's almost 200 people I've spoken to in just two years. I mean,
2: that's a lot. It's
1: a lot of people. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's a lot yeah. to integrate. I mean, it's, so, it's so cool, the types of individuals that you can connect with through podcasting, because I feel like I was such a loner in my own thoughts and my own ideas for so long. I owned my own business for years. I was self-employed, so I was used to kind of just doing my own thing. I think some of that was because... I, I wanted to be creative and I didn't want to be restricted. And if I worked for myself, I'm not going to get in fucking trouble for the things that I want to do <laughs> because my boss is awesome. So I, you know, in the town that I lived in, I mean, now the arts is so great there. I feel like it's, a you know, it's it's gone up in levels of community and understanding of how to bring everybody together through the arts. But I feel like I was a part of that for a while because... I had no limits. Nobody was doing the things I wanted to do. I was like, so I'm just going to do it. <laughs> I'm like, there's nothing else going on. I can do whatever I want. I can have a fashion show. I can start a magazine. I can have a swimsuit calendar. Oh, fuck it. Why not? You know? So I was glad that I was in a position where I gave myself the opportunity to, to try that I think a lot of people are afraid I was afraid to start this podcast I was like oh my god I'm gonna open my mouth and then all this shit's gonna come out and people are gonna hear my fucking thoughts and then I'm like ah do I really want people to know all the things that are going on in my head that's so personal but then I was like I almost didn't do it Cause I don't know. I'm, I moved to Texas. I love Texas. I love Texas, but Bible belt for sure. Like very religious people. I mean, it was obvious the moment we got here and I was like, I'm going to scare all the little Christian villagers and they're going to throw rocks through my window. Like I was a little nervous at first, but I'll sit on the couch one day and I was thinking to myself, if I died next week and I never had the opportunity to put any of this stuff out that I've been recording and working on and thinking about doing, I would be so mad at myself. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do my future self a solid so they don't get mad at me and I'm going to do this. So I pushed the button, Boop. did it.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. I, I've spoken to a few people from Texas lately. It's synchronistic. There's someone in Marfa, Texas that we just had on the podcast. You ever been oh, to Marfa? Yeah.
2: No, but I've wanted to. Yeah,
1: I heard it's it's the darkest place, meaning like light quality, the darkest place in Texas. Like there's the least amount of light pollution so a lot of people go there to to witness, I see you know, a lot
2: of UFO sightings in Marfa.
1: Oh yeah, well, mm-hmm. and also the lights there. They have these things called the Marfa lights, which are like some kind of orb, weird, glowing, <gasps> nice. you know, unexplainable lights that people see there. But that's yeah, awesome. Texas is interesting. I, I I asked you earlier, and you mentioned the the sunflower building in Kansas. That you know that's significant. I know. People might be like, "Oh, sunflowers. It's cute. Kansas is farms, of course. You know, they, they'll have sunflowers there. But there's, you know, there's some occult, esoteric meaning behind the sunflower, and there's some significance even to the sacred geometry of a building like that. I mean, I can imagine, you know, living there in a circular building.
2: You just run in circles. (laughs) Yeah. When we first moved in, the hardest decision is, I want to go over there. Do I have to? I go this way or do I go this way? (laughs) (laughs) But The kids loved it. They just fucking ran circles all day long. But yeah, yeah, it's a big, like it's an octagon. It was actually an octagon. So, but outside the way they built the roof, it went around like petals to create the sunflower. So it was a, I, when I was 20, I bought my first house. I bought a duplex and it was super fun, you know, in your twenties to... Yeah, your party house or whatever. And I told myself after that, I was like, I just wanna have a unique home. I'm I am a unique individual. I wanna have my surroundings to be unique. And when we found this house, I was like oh. I told my husband I was like, Oh my god, we have to have it and he was like, I knew you were gonna say that <laughs> <laughs> it's like
1: He's he like, I gotta it. be a freaking bumblebee now and live in a sunflower. <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> he had to refinish that basement. Do you know how many cuts on the fucking sheetrock he had to make in, <laughs> to oh, put my these goodness. things together? Kudos to my husband for taking two years out of his yeah, life. What a project. He must
1: yeah. be an expert now. <laughs> yeah. He's,
2: now he's like, fuck that shit. I'm not doing that anymore. Oh, that no. one was the one.
1: <laughs> wow. That's cool. And the octagon, that's a, a significant an architectural structure i know i talked about the ley lines and stuff and you have a good point that you know these phenomena are not always location specific sometimes they can follow individuals but apparently, but locations
2: are very important, too.
1: Yeah, and and I think it's like a two-way street. Like, you have a very powerful or magnetic individual that gets charged up by a certain area, you know? Like, yeah. maybe if you lived your life in a city, there'd be so much going on that the, those things would have been muted. But because you're in a place where they can manifest, now you're, you're actually witnessing them.
2: Yeah, I always grew up in the country. When I was really little, we lived... Way out in the country, I had like one neighbor to play with. And so I, I played by myself most of the time with my little sister. So, you know, just your typical kid climbing trees, digging holes, you know, playing in the creek, getting dirty, whatever. Yeah. Um. But then we moved a little bit closer to town. We were still out in the country, though. So it was like our house and then this pasture full of sheep and donkeys and then the cemetery that was right next to us. So I grew up right next to a cemetery also, which was awesome. I know people are always so freaked out about cemeteries. I loved it. I would get up in the middle of the night and i would sneak out of the house just to go hang out in the cemetery because it was so peaceful there honestly all the people that are in that cemetery are way more chill than all the motherfuckers running around okay (laughs) it was a very calm place to go hang out and look at the stars and get a chance to communicate so Mm,
1: it's a safe place to go you know if if you're the first one there and someone else comes you could just spook them and you know, you got the <laughs> I place spent to yourself. A lot of as a kid. <laughs> you got the place to yourself. You know, I mean, yeah, I'd yes, feel pretty, yeah. pretty safe there. Wow. Yeah. Well, and the point about the octagon, there are this, there are these. I think they're called the Towers of the Winds. They were built all over ancient Rome, but Jefferson, Thomas Jefferson, made a bunch of different octagonal buildings, and apparently, these octagonal buildings, some of them are aligned with each other. Because an octagonal building, you get a lot of lines that you can work with. So you, they would draw these sort of long, long lines across the globe and use certain buildings to mark them. Yeah. so it, that's it's, awesome. Yeah, it might be interesting well, yeah. to find out if it's that sunflower like, house was built by someone who had that in mind.
2: I don't know. It was built for the bicentennial. Everything in it was red, fucking white, and blue. I had little drummer boy wallpaper that forever I was like, okay... <laughs> It took us forever to get rid of the blue carpet. There was a lot of energy going on in that house. a lot of a lot of things happened in there. but I don't know. I'm always down for a good supernatural <laughs> experience. I'm always like waiting for the next one, mm. even if it's terrifying after the fact it's pretty awesome. And there's just, it's just such an impactful and immediate way to expand your reality. Sometimes I like to, I don't know, compare it. I know it sounds morbid, but you kind of compare it to death, where when somebody dies, it's immediate. that Your life is different. Everything now has changed. Somebody's not going to be there anymore, or your life is now going to turn a corner. You have to change something. It's no longer the same. You can never go back. Sometimes that's how paranormal experiences are for me and so I always look forward to the change Mm. I'm not afraid of it do you think
1: that opens up the possibility like in a free will sort of way like you're inviting positive interactions with these things whereas most people are fearful so they're sort of like you know blocking themselves off from experiencing that
2: Oh, sure. And I don't know whether I mean, I'm always open for a good time with spiritual things. So I'll put it out there sometimes. I'm like, all right, today's a good day. I'm ready. What's what's going to happen? You know, it'll be like one of those days in the summer where I'm floating in the pool. I've just, you know, had a joint. I'm staring up at the clouds in the sky and I'm like, all is perfect for a UFO to pop out of the sky. (laughs) Come on, guys. I'm ready. So I I do put it out there a lot. But I've decided how I want to ask for what I want because I think I was too vague in the past and I got some weird shit. So I usually like to be like, I am inviting all loving beings that want to do me no harm to come give me some knowledge and wisdom and I will share with you what I can. So that's kind of what I always try to put out there because, and, and I think that some people that are afraid of it, it, it might still just be happening to them, but the filter they've created to kind of hide themselves from it is good enough that they don't experience it. I think I remove a lot of those filters by choice because I'm like, eh, why not?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's that's a part of, you know, why our families think we're crazy, because they're too comfortable with those filters that society or their upbringing has you know given them right and those filters could be useful but I think they end up being more limiting in the long run than they are useful
2: yeah yeah I think that on a we have to survive you know it I would love for there not to be a monetary system of money of how we all can interact and feed each other and get clothes and houses and experiences. But the game is being played with money right now. So I still have to play the game. You know, I used to hate money. And then I was like, well, that's stupid because I I need more money. I want more money because I think I could do good things with money. Because if I can help myself, I can help my family. I can help my friends. I can share that the so I'm a giver when it comes to things, I like to be able to spread the love. So, I was like, no, I want more money, I don't want to hate it because I have to play the game. And if I don't, then I'm limiting myself to so many things, and it's almost with technology too. Technology is so prevalent in everything we do, every we do is attached to technology now. Communications, banking, any kind of entertainment, everything you have is through technology. If you decided that you didn't want to have a smartphone, that's fine. You can do that by choice, but you are now filtering yourself out from having access to online banking and to entertainment and communicating with your friends. You have to find another way to do that now. And so if you want to filter yourself, absolutely do whatever feels right for you. But don't cut yourself off to not be able to experience more in the world. I don't know where I went on that tangent. No, well said.
1: Out. Well said. No, I, I agree. I think that's a good message. And we are kind of winding down. We're coming to the the top of the second hour here, Amber. And it's just flown right by. You're a natural yeah, I podcaster. I mean, wow. I I'm impressed. I think you're doing great, and it's a, a pleasure to have you here on the show. Before we go, can you tell us more about Access Elysium? I say Elysium. I think there's yeah. A, uh,
2: I I say it Elysium. You yeah, can right. say it however you want. The words
1: are just no, New England you know? has. We butcher <laughs> up words and repackage them.
2: I butcher so many fucking names in my podcast. Like I wanted to really try to get better at it. And then I was like, nah, fuck it. I don't know. I'm just going to come out and it's not going to be right. It's right. Fine.
1: Right. Right. So access Elysium. I say Elysium. She says Elysium, but that's the podcast. What can people expect when they subscribe? I'm sure they can follow anywhere they're listening to this. I found it on my app of choice, Podcast Addict. But yeah, yeah. Where, yeah. What, what can people tune into?
2: Yeah, so I should be on most of the platforms, so I think you should be able to find me anywhere. My website is AccessElysium.com. I'll post you know, some different videos. I'm starting, I'm trying to figure out the whole videos and posting them and stuff. But no, I just want to dive into spiritual, supernatural, unknown, mysterious phenomena, but really link it up with scientific findings, because I feel it's important to start blending science and spirituality. They're not separate. They are absolutely conjoined. We we just have to decide to utilize both of them. You can't have one without the other. And once we start blending those a lot more, science won't be like, no, we can't talk about this. And spirituality won't be like, no, well, actually, we can't explain some of these things. You know, like I feel there's magic in both of those. And I like to, to blend them together and. I don't
1: know. talk about weird shit <laughs> yeah yeah and <laughs> you've gotten into some really interesting stuff already you just hit the ground running so i'm excited to follow along and i look forward to having you back on you know like i i mentioned we got the we we didn't get to talk about it so this is a good plug for people go and listen to that first episode and find out ah. the the glitch story because you listen told me on to the phone
2: story. yeah
1: yeah that's fine i don't mind you know teasing it to the audience they gotta (laughs) go and hear it there now so
2: it's a good one
1: yeah definitely go in and tune in there and and for everyone tuning in here thank you so much and enjoy the moment wherever you are in the now hey ladies and gentlemen thank you for tuning into this episode of the my family thinks i'm crazy podcast shout out to amber i was going to release this episode sooner but it was sort of spooky and Halloween is coming up so I figured I'd save it for this week and we've got some interesting episodes coming next uh, if you want to hear them all right now sign up for the patreon you'll get them all early uh, each week I put all of the episodes out early but before I spend much time plugging that I want to give a shout out to Amber her podcast is called accessing Elysium. And you can find it on Alt Media United. That's right. She just reached out. We put her podcast on the website. It's that simple, folks. If you're a podcaster, if you have more than five episodes and you're dedicated and you want to get out there, you want to grow your show, get in touch with me. Not only will I make a page for you on our free website, but I can offer advice uh, in the form of uh, troubleshooting any problems you have or maybe even some strategy. And if you really want it, to spend some time talking, sign up for a Synchro Wisdom Dialogue. I just conducted one uh, tonight with a gentleman named Harlan. Shout out to you, Harlan. We had a really interesting conversation. And, you know, I value my time. I know you probably value yours. So if you're willing, you can pay for that time and I will share my platform with you. You can join me on the Synchro Wisdom Dialogue whether you wanna share a story. You want to share some research share some synchronicities maybe you want to ask me some questions ask me for some advice I'm not a therapist or really qualified by any other uh, qualifications other than having lived a life so I, I may be able to help maybe not uh, but either way I can guarantee you'll have a good time and the synchros will flow it's the synchro wisdom dialogue And it is released only on the Patreon. So even if you don't want to take part yourself, sign up on the Patreon, support the show, and you'll get access to that bonus content, the Synchro Wisdom Dialogue. So far we have four episodes, and I have a bunch more scheduled. So there will be many more episodes coming soon. Speaking of coming soon, Esoteric America I know it's been almost a month now folks Don't worry, we're just taking a little break Roman is very busy this time of year And uh, we're planning on a few more Really interesting episodes But hey, this is a show That requires your input So if you're out there, if you're researching Your local area Maybe you found something that's local to you Maybe you've been researching it for a while now or, Or just since the show got started Maybe we inspired you to look into it Uh, get in touch with me even if you don't have the the research finished yet uh get in touch you know because sometimes scheduling the podcast date not only will reassure us to remind us that there are people out there who want to be on our show but it'll be a good deadline for you to meet uh if you're a procrastinator like me sometimes my best research is done in the days before I'm scheduled to be on a podcast to talk about something. So to each his own, maybe you're not like me. Maybe you have a different style for studying. But either way, we want to hear from you. And don't don't be dismayed. Don't think you have to be like an author or an expert of any kind. Uh, even if you have uh, 10 or 15 slides, you can use canva.com. Make some slides with cool photos and images, things that you've found that basically tell a story right that's really what we're most interested in is hearing your story maybe you just have one story maybe you have a couple stories maybe you've gathered some stories as a historian does either way we'd love to hear from you so get in touch with me esoteric america podcast at gmail.com or on instagram at esoteric america I also do another podcast called Your Handbook for the Apocalypse with my friend Michael Wan. You can find it on the Susquehanna Alchemy feed. And for all of those who have listened to the show before and maybe didn't like the audio quality, uh, we were recording it via phone. And, you know, over time it just became too much of a pain to edit it. And even when I did edit it, it sounded only slightly better than it did earlier or previously to that editing. So... Uh, I just basically asked Mike if we can make a compromise. He still does the podcast from his phone, but we do it through a Zoom meeting. For whatever reason, a Zoom meeting has better quality than a phone call. Audio quality, that is. Maybe it's so that the the folks at Fort Wherever can spy on us better, but that's sort of the inside joke, right? Is that Mike and I are just having a conversation and everyone listening are is sort of spying in on it. So that's a really fun show. I recommend people check that out. It's not your typical podcast. We don't always uh, talk about the same thing. Sometimes we revisit subjects. Sometimes we talk about something and we never come back to it ever again. Uh, other t- episodes, we have guests. Most episodes, we don't have guests. And most episodes, we talk about what's going on in our lives. So it's a good a uh, way to, to learn a little bit more about myself and uh, my friend Michael Wan. And, uh, yeah, that's two out of the five podcasts I do. We also have Illuminati Confirmed, a very big guest scheduled for Illuminati Confirmed soon. and uh, And then we also have the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. That's all. For now, maybe I'm forgetting one. There's so many. How could I forget one? Um, and, yeah, I'm over here hanging out. Oh, yeah, Alt Media United, of course, with my friend Al. There will be more about that real soon. Big shout-out to the Hit Kit. If you're a smoker like me and you want to keep your joints and blunts safe uh, instead of just throwing them in your front pocket or your side pocket and risking them getting crushed or, or worse, uh thrown out of your pocket that's happened to me before where things just fly out of your front pocket um get a hit kit keeps everything stored safely in your pocket you've got a couple different varieties and it holds your lighter as well and some of them like the coffer style hit kit you can leave the lighter in the hit kit itself and still use it so Big shout-out to The Hit Kit. They're sponsoring the podcast. And it's a value-for-value value sponsor because they hit me up on Instagram. They said, hey, brother, I love your show. I'd love to send you a product for free. And I said, you know what? Let's uh, let's work out a deal. Maybe if I talk about your product on the show, it'll be worth your while. And I hope it has been. So go to The Hit Kit, hitkit.us, hitkit.us, and use the promo code CRAZY. That's right, and if that works, promo code doesn't work then it's mftic either way anytime you hear me talk about a promo code it's either going to be mftic which is the acronym for this podcast or crazy because it's the last word in the podcast and both of them are five letter words which is typically what they want for a promo code five letters anyways enough about that inside baseball stuff i just spent the last two days reorganizing and cataloging my bookshelf. Now everything is going to be cataloged and categorized and that is exciting. Kind of nerdy but exciting. And now I see where there are deficits in my collection. I can be like oh well I don't really have a lot of books on this so I can keep that in mind next time I'm out in a a bookstore. I also see where my interests have become lopsided over the past few years, which is cool, which is fine. I've, I've collected more books on uh, earth mysteries and geomancy and the Native Americans than ever before in my life, so it's really cool. These are subjects I've always been interested in, but uh, lately, thanks to the freedom with this podcast, I'm able to dive into those interests. And if you're interested in what's in my book catalog, there's a way you can find out. Go to myfamilythinksomecrazy.com and if you look hard enough, you'll find a list of books that I created. Most of them are in my library. Some of them are on my wish list, but that's a good place to start if you'd like book recommendations. One day, one day when I have the website that I'd like, there will be a virtual uh, library. A virtual book shelf so you can just sort of browse around and click and see what is there and then maybe even it'll have a link so you can go directly to uh, amazon or whoever i like abe books abe books um you can go wherever and some of those like abe books and this other one books.org bookshop.org you get like a little bit of a discount because you used my list and I get a little bit of a kickback because you use my list. So value for value. I'm just over here scheming and dreaming, trying to figure out the next way to save a few bucks. I don't want to break even each month. Uh, So far with the podcast, that's what we've been able to do, which is amazing. You know, a lot of podcasts are not profitable. Uh, And I'm very blessed to have one that has been uh, uh, sort of profitable, you know, that's a weird word to associate with a podcast, but uh, this also has to run as a successful business if it's going to last as a podcast, because, you know, I'm not on uh, free handouts over here. Uh, I have to work for a living and pay my bills and all that stuff, so... Uh, there may come a point, and I don't see this because we're dreaming big and we're setting our goals high and we're accomplishing them. But, you know, who knows? Maybe there's a day where I can't afford to do this anymore, which is why I need your help more than ever. So go to Rockfin, go to Patreon, sign up, support me, support this show, support the three or more episodes that have been coming out each week. Have you noticed that? I ramped it up. It used to be two episodes a week, occasionally three. Now it's three minimum. I'm hitting the pedal to the metal. I don't think you'll see any other podcast putting out this much content at this caliber, this quality. I just don't think it's possible, you know? Maybe a a podcast with a whole team, but not a a self-published, self-produced, self-hosted podcast like this one and when I say self-hosted I mean I am the host I, I use a hosting service to host the RSS feed but anyways everything is done by me and I'm still cranking out six hours of podcasting each week sometimes five but most of the time it's it's at six hours right which is cool if you're working out there like I used to as a delivery guy or maybe you have a different job where you're allowed to listen to whatever you want I really hope that my show is helping you get through your workday. That's the that's the intention with this show is to help you game the system like I did and educate yourself, learn about this stuff, inspire yourself to get out of the system, break free of that karma, and start to co-create the reality that you want to live in. And yeah, we're going to take some twists and turns into all sorts of different strange and weird subjects through the course of this podcast, but ultimately that is the mission statement. The mission statement will always be that. And uh, that's how I live my life. You know, I don't forget my roots. That's a big reason why my love and I have been studying this home state that I was born into because we don't forget our roots yeah we could go and move and be homesteaders somewhere cheaper probably pay less taxes but for now we're sinking in to CT sinking into Connecticut learning as much as we can uh, because that's just the type of person I am I don't know where that came from probably because when Johnny uh, on tinfoil hat said oh you really love your state that's weird that is not weird, Johnny. It is weird for someone to to dislike where they're from. It's normal, but I think uh, over time, as we age, we grow to love the things that we're familiar with, the things that bring nostalgia. Uh, so, yeah. Unfortunately, I couldn't run to the West Coast like I maybe had dreamed, or go to the city like my sister did. Um, I got to stay I had to stay and I'm glad I did for now Uh, who knows how long we'll be here in CT but for now things are going good and we are doing a lot of research not just about the local history but many 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 strange connections New England is a hotbed of strangeness so Look forward to more updates in that realm. And until next time, folks, thank you for tuning in. Go support Amber Odell. Her podcast is called Accessing Elysium. And she can, you can find her on Alt Media United. And you, listener, thank you. I appreciate you tuning in. Enjoy the moment wherever you are in the now.
3: Baby, baby, baby. Little extra terrestrial, trying to stay human in a cesspool of professionals. But I confess too much off of the tongue. All my aunties and my uncles shield the ears of the young. I be saying shit and they don't know where it's coming from. And like a hundred years, we went saw bomb with guns. Check the facts, check the Fed, check the stars. Stanley Mines was merc for a water fuel cell car. They each stay on, you could stick with your own ways. But eat the rich you drink the motherfucking Kool Aid. And I can see the red on your lip stain. White skin, blue collar, you American made. Fuck it. You can keep your blood so tear it, ditch, And run the soul off the moon landed narrative. Yeah, my girl thinks that I'm embarrassing. My folks think I'm nuts, but never question the parenting. Stuck in bed, so my boss thinks I'm lazy. Connecting dots, but it's all kinda hazy. Come on the net, feeling like I'm Dick Tracy. My pack thinks I'm un-American and shady. Yeah, I'm feeling unhinged lately. Encounters of the fifth kind on the daily. You could tell me that the president's an Navy and it wouldn't faze me. My family thinks I'm crazy. Baby, baby, baby. My family thinks I'm crazy. Baby, baby, baby. You might think that I'm off in the deep. One too many Netflix docs on the weekends But check the budget for a military defense Tell me we ain't scared of something not within reason Steel beams, another 1492 And 9 was the red, white, and blue And you be lit off the floor, I ain't got a clue All your dreams just shit on a Rockefeller shoes Don't believe a damn thing a politician ever said Ain't one brick left to go up in the Fed They still got bricks of cocaine to make crap Oxy's killing the working class, FDA's whack. Talking like this, got kids talking behind backs. Too much to unpack, so they talk smack. And I'm just trying to converse with my clan, but it ain't fan. So I'm here setting up camp. Stuck in bed, so my boss thinks I'm lazy. Connecting dots, but it's all kinda hazy. Come on the internet, feeling like I'm Dick Tracy. My pack thinks I'm un-American and shady. Yeah, I'm feeling unhinged lately. Encounters of the fifth kind on the daily. You could tell me that the president's an alien, it wouldn't phase me. My family thinks I'm crazy, baby, baby, baby. My family thinks I'm crazy, maybe, 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 just maybe. Stuck in bed, baby, so my boss thinks I'm lazy, and up and down is what it's all am of hazy. Come morning, getting mad, feeling like I'm Dick Tracy. My dad thinks I'm the american and shady. Maybe, I'm maybe, feeling uncatched The counters My of the same kind things on the table. So you could tell me maybe, that the president's maybe, an atheist, maybe, and they would phase me. Maybe, My maybe, family maybe. thinks I'm crazy. Yeah. I think one thing I've learned is you can't rule anything out, so.